to the Retail Transformation Show with me, Oliver Banks. This is your weekly podcast, delivering you the insight, ideas, and inspiration to successfully change and transform in our ever-evolving world of retail. Enjoy listening. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Retail Transformation Show. This one is episode 160, and I am Oliver Banks, your host and proud to be your guide to help show you the way and support you on the journey to effective retail transformation. Thank you so much for tuning in today. The retail industry loves to get excited about today's topic. And actually, for several years now, there has been real tension between the different approaches to retail. Most notably, which is best, stores or online? And in particular, if retailers should focus their efforts into physical stores or double down on websites and e-commerce. So in this episode, I'm going to dive into that challenge and find the best option for you. Whether it's stores, whether it's online or whether it's an omni-channel approach, which perhaps is what you're thinking I'm going to be saying. Show notes for today are going to be at obandco.uk slash 160. That's obandco.uk slash 160. And if you head over there, you can sign up for the Retail Transformation Briefing, my weekly email newsletter to help you stay on top of the changing world of retail, featuring the latest retail transformation headlines from around the world as well as key insights and intel on the significant changes and approaches to change that you must consider. Sign up for free at obandco.uk slash 160. So as I say, we do love to get excited about defining the right strategy, whether it's stores, whether it's online or whether it is omnichannel. Now, I'm sure we've all seen those charts that have e-commerce as a percent of total retail sales with years of steady growth. Then, of course, the pandemic happened. And what happened to that chart was a real hockey stick. So we saw that e-commerce grow as a percent of total retail sales, to which many experts proclaimed that online was the future of retail and that this was the key channel to focus in on. Not surprising, really, given so many stores were shut through the different lockdowns that occurred across the world. But as retail has been reopening, if we keep an eye on that same chart, we now see e-commerce fall in terms of percent of total retail sales. Again, this could be somewhat expected given stores have reopened. But nevertheless, many experts, of course, are now saying that stores are the future of retail. And whilst all of this is happening, The other key thought is, of course, that the future is omnichannel or unified commerce or harmonised retail. Whatever term you prefer, they kind of all mean the same to me, to be honest. And we'll be diving into it in a little bit. But I thought it would be useful just to give you my answer heads up. Which is the best retail approach? Is it stores? Is it online? Or is it omnichannel? Well, the answer is... Drumroll, please. None of the above. None of the above is my view on what is the right approach to retail. 
And I'm going to be explaining why in a little moment, but let's just spend a minute just to look back at some of the different models or approaches to retail over the years. For thousands of years now, retail has shown itself up in marketplaces. Arguably, the very first D2C model <laughs> was in old-fashioned markets where the manufacturers would sell direct to consumers. Amazing. We've also had a variety of other models since then. In no particular order, we've had travelling salespeople. We've had door-to-door salespeople. We've had street vendors. We've had stores, of course. We've had subscription services like newspapers or milk deliveries. We've had delivery boys being able to courier your groceries home. We've had over-the-counter stores. We've had self-service stores. We've had telesales. We've had infomercials. And we've had selling on TV. And of course, who can forget the plethora of mail order options available to us once upon a time? Now, all of these have been recipes for success for different companies. And now, arguably all of those still exist, by the way, but there are plenty more opportunities that you can go after. And I'm sure you can think of, and we've definitely spoken about those in previous episodes, in particular in episode 126. But right now, I'd like to extract you from the world of retail and drop you into the world of Hollywood. And in particular, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Now, I'm not sure if you remember this one. This is the one where Indy and his father, Sean Connery, are searching for the Holy Grail. Of course, in a bit of an exploration race against the Nazis. Now, when Indiana finally finds the Temple of the Grail, works his way through those deadly traps, and when our hero finds himself in front of the Grail Knight, an elderly gentleman from the Crusades, along with a table of all sorts of bejeweled, dazzling cups and different grails. And the Grail Knight utters, the true grail will bring you life. The false grail will take it from you. And so in retail, it feels like choosing the right approach, the right strategy, and even the right channel is a little like this situation that Indiana Jones finds himself in. Which grail will you choose? And if you choose the right one, it brings you life and the wrong one will take it from you. So what do you do? Well, it really all depends on your category, your niche or niche, depending on where you are in the world. And of course, and most importantly, your target customer. Now, spoiler alert, Indiana Jones ends up choosing the grail that most befits the target customer of that grail, Jesus, a carpenter. He chooses an unassuming, plain, functional grail, not the sparkly, jazzy, luxurious options on offer as well. And I'm sorry if I've just spoiled the ending there for you, but it is very much the same. What do your target customers want? What makes sense for them? Not necessarily what is the best one. If you have a relatively small customer base, but dispersed all over the country, then a local store strategy just won't make sense for you, as you'd need so many different outlets to make it reasonable to visit that it's just not going to be financially viable, right? So rather than just prescribing one solution, let's think about what would be best for your situation. First, we're going to dive into stores. And by this term, by the way, Let's expand this to physical presence. 
because increasingly we need to stop thinking about stores as a building with a checkout and rows of stock, right? There are many more different, creative, powerful setups that you can use in those same four walls. But really, by this format, we're talking about getting face-to-face -face contact with customers. Great for high-service touch points. Great for complicated products that need setting up or that need careful calibration or tutorials or explanation from an expert. Stores are great for highly detailed or highly tactile products that you want to be able to see or touch or feel or explore. Physical stores are great for low-cost goods where the picking economies of an online operation just wouldn't make sense. But they're equally good for convenient pickup when your customers need to get something quickly wherever they are. Physical stores are great if your customers don't want to do their shopping online, either for a technical capability reason or for a personal preference. And even with a physical presence, even with the four walls, there are many ways that you can do this, whether it's having networks of local stores or flagship stores or pop-ups or franchises or concessions or shopping shops. The list goes on. And again, let's remind ourselves that given that list, the term store doesn't need to be just talking about a classic shop. You know, having visual awareness in a location will drive eyeballs, will drive footfall. There is an element that says build it and they will come. Now, massive caveat to that, you can't just open a store. You do need some additional marketing around that. But if you do have a recognizable brand, there is an element of open the doors and people will turn up. You know, if you were to open a new Tesco store or a new Walmart store, for example, people recognize the logo. They recognize what that store is about and will come in, of course. But the point I'm saying is that physical stores drive awareness and interest and engagement in that geographic location. So those are some of the reasons why stores are great. And you may have other reasons as well. And I'd love to hear them. So do feel free to reach out oliver.banks at obandco.uk. Now on to online. Why is online and e-commerce great? And again, another caveat, let's expand that to digital shopping, right? That includes other forms of remote retail. Now this is great for when you need a broad range that perhaps wouldn't fit within the four walls of a store or would need a very big store. And from a customer perspective, having this broad range is excellent because it allows you to access products that you might not normally get access to, particularly if they are more unique or more niche or niche products that get more aligned to your personal style or your personal preference. Online is also great, equally, for standardized or commodity type products. You know, if you are buying a Lego set, and you know that particular Lego set, it doesn't matter where you buy it from, whether it's a store, whether it's a website, you know exactly what it is when you buy that product. And following on from that, online shopping is great for products that you don't need to see or touch before buying, and for more self-service style customer journeys where some basic and generic information is enough to make your decision. You don't need to query it with a, a store colleague, for example. And of course, online shopping is great for customers who are short on time, who maybe can't readily get to a particular store. 
The other consideration about digital shopping is that you can do things that you just can't do in the physical world, including many aspects around personalization and data collection. Now, maybe you are sitting there thinking, well, this all sounds a bit obvious. And it is. It absolutely is obvious. And I suppose a key message for you is don't overthink this. Don't overthink this particular decision. Take it for what it is and think about it, about what is best for you rather than what is the best overall answer, because there is no best overall answer. And in fact, there is something even more important than choosing which option you go for, to be honest. But we'll come back to that in just a few minutes. But before we do, let's dive into Omnichannel. And again, another terminology caveat here. By Omnichannel, let's blend in aspects like unified commerce or harmonized retail. What we're talking about here is connecting the different channels across all aspects of the customer journey. It's not just about offering click and collect or curbside pickup. Think about how your channels connect from an awareness perspective, from an engagement perspective, from a browsing or buying or fulfillment, or from a training or setup or returns or after-sales service or relationship building perspective. And really, Omnichannel brings the best of both stores and online. So if you have thought about those different factors in each and you think, well, I want both of those, Omnichannel is the way, right? Despite the misunderstanding that may surround that term. If you are wanting the best of both, this is the way. And actually, arguably, more and more, I'm thinking that Omnichannel is a mindset rather than a particular tangible achievement. How is it that you are going to be thinking about connecting channels from your customer's perspective? So when it comes to stores, Vs Online, which is best, I suppose I'm saying let's not get too excited. There is no one answer that fits all retailers. And there is no right answer for you and your particular situation. You have to choose what is best for you. And as importantly, and maybe more importantly than what you choose in terms of which channel, is actually how you execute it. If you choose stores and you do an awful job, that's not going to work. If you choose online and do an awful job, that's not going to work either, by the way. <laughs> and if you choose omnichannel and do a bad job, guess what? <laughs> <laughs> so this whole execution thing is really, really important. And I've got a few thoughts to help focus your mind on a great execution, whichever approach you choose. Firstly, understand your purpose from your customer's perspective here. Why do you exist? And more importantly, why should your customers care if you exist or not? And then how are you showing up to deliver that purpose? What is your operating model to turn this purpose from a statement or an ideal into something tangible, something realistic, something consistently delivered? And how is the purpose brought to life by that operating model? You need to understand what is important to customers. What do they really care about? Equally, understand what's going to cause major frustration. Which aspects will seriously annoy your customers? And how are you going to eliminate those? And from those last couple of points, I'm really hearing the echo of the concept of friction and reward from Richard Hammond and the team at Uncrowd. You need to understand what the customer's alternatives are and therefore understanding 
why they would choose you over one of those alternatives. And are you even clear on why a customer should choose you, why you are the best option? You know, is it about being in the right place at the right time? Is it about becoming a trusted advisor over time? Is it about offering the right quality and the right value for your services and products? There's lots of different reasons and lots of places that you can be. And remember, when we're talking about alternatives, the alternatives are not necessarily the carbon copies of you, not just your competitor in the same town or city or over the road, not just other websites that show up when you Google your brand name or category. And really here, to find the alternatives, you need to think clearly about what it is that you are selling to the customer. Maybe you are not selling a new outfit. Instead, you're selling confidence. Maybe you are not selling a bed. You're selling a good night's sleep. Maybe you're not selling ingredients. You're selling the chance to impress a loved one. Maybe you're not selling a camera. You're selling the chance to capture important memories. And when you think about this, you can truly think about what the alternatives are for your customer. And the final point of having a great execution is, of course, going to be around what your performance metrics are and whether they do truly capture the execution that your customers so deserve. And when you consider all of these points, you can lay out a blueprint for your future organization and business. And then it's about defining the transformation roadmap that can take you from where you are today to that blueprint and ultimately executing on that change journey. So when you are faced with that elderly grail knight from Indiana Jones, will you be met with the words, you chose poorly or you chose wisely? Just remember, fortunately, you will not be met with instant death if you pick not the optimum choice, but you have it in your hands to execute and deliver. And if you do that poorly, fine. You may face an unwanted withering like the Nazi in the movie, but if you deliver well, you actually do have the chance for eternal life. So when faced with that ultimate question, stores or online, which is best? The answer doesn't matter. Pick a lane and do a fantastic job in the way that is right for you and right for your customers. Now, if you've enjoyed this episode, I've got a few more episodes that I think would be excellent listening to follow on. Firstly, check out episode 126, which is diving into the complexity of Omnichannel and hopefully unmuddling the terminology that goes around Omnichannel and Seamless and so on. Next, why not check out episode 68 and 69 with Richard Hammond and Rocky Howard from Uncrowd. And there we were exploring the concept of friction and reward and ultimately how to win customers. And then finally, we're going to go way back into the archives to episode 26, all the way back from April 2019, which was called Defining Your Operating Model and really looked at how to turn your purpose into practice. So those are a few episodes there that would be great to go and listen to. And you can find links and references to all of those on today's show notes page, obandco.uk slash 160. That's obandco.uk slash 160. 
And do remember, whilst you are over there, sign up for the Retail Transformation Briefing as well to keep your finger on the pulse of the ever-evolving world of retail. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I look forward to joining you on another episode very, very soon. Bye for now. 